Mason McTavish had himself quite the tournament. We'll talk about him on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget to make Locked On NHL your second listen. And also, don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. All right, we're going to get right into it today. We're going to talk about Mason McTavish. There was still hockey going on up until Wednesday afternoon, and that was the Memorial Cup. That's right, the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah, Mason McTavish and the Hamilton Bulldogs made it all the way to the Memorial Cup championship game, taking on the host, the St. John Sea Dogs, out in St. John, New Brunswick. And... Honestly, the game itself wasn't even close. Let's talk about the game first. St. John jumped out to a 2-0 lead early on within the first few minutes of the game, even before the first television timeout. And after that timeout, you could tell that there was just nothing going on with Hamilton at all. So come the break. Like, come after the break. And here's what happened. Mason McTavish pretty much tried to will himself to victory that day. He tried everything possible. He had the puck on a string. He actually had some very good defense after that first time out. Uh, the, first, the first indication that I could tell that Mason McTavish was trying to just will his team to victory was early on in that game. First shift right after the timeout. And McTavish, he went by himself to the net. He went one on three. Versus three St. John's defenders and got a really good shot off. So that was the first thought where I said, oh, he's trying to do this by himself. He is trying to be that guy to spark the team back. And you know what? He pretty much almost did it. Later that period, Mason McTavish scored on a tip right in front of the net. That made it 2-1. to one. So Mason McTavish strikes again. Another goal for him. That, by the way, was his fifth goal of the cup. Hmm. Five five goals. Yeah, that's really good. He wasn't done yet, folks. He was not done yet. Because at the time, that was seven points for McTavish. Then he went on later later to try to get another goal later in the first. And this was one play where I thought he was brilliant. And that was him getting to his spot down low in the middle. Tried a deflection. That missed. Then he got the puck behind the net. Went all the way around the world, went behind the net to the blue line, went back towards the net, got a shot off, collected the puck back to himself, did another around the world before passing it off for another excellent shot. So he just kept trying to dominate puck control, and he held on. He used his body to guard the puck. He kept good control and used that skating ability to go around and around and around to try to tire out the defense or to try to find some kind of hole or some kind of gap in the St. John defense. It didn't work in that particular play, but it's plays like that which tell me how far he's come just in the past year because he wasn't making plays like this last year in Peterborough. Yeah, he wasn't making plays like this early on in Peterborough. 
And he wasn't even making plays like this last year. But the difference in the last seven, eight months, that is an NHL-type play. That is a professional-type play. And he has learned from each and every stop that he's been on. He's learned a little bit of something from his time in Anaheim. He's learned a little something from San Diego. He learned a bit from Peterborough. He learned a bit from Hamilton. He even learned a little bit from being in the Olympics for Team Canada. So he's taken something from each of his stops. And the development of his game is still blossoming. He's still only 19 years old and his development is still blossoming. Like, wow. He might end up being probably the best. I know I'm I'm doing this again. I know we got to pump the brakes a little bit, but I'm going to say it. So far, he might, he might be the best player to come out of that draft. Yep. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Drafted third? No. Just the progression that he's made tells me, damn, he could have been number one. He could he could have been. That's how excited Ducks fans should be. That's how excited I am. I personally am super stoked to see what Mason McTavish can do. I'm almost getting to the point where I'm more excited about what Mason McTavish can do than what Trevor Zegris can do. Yeah, that's saying a lot. <laughs> I know what I just said, and I realize it sounds kind of silly because Trevor Zegris is a once-in-a-generational type player. I realize that, and it does sound kind of silly. But how can you not be excited about the type of game that Mason McTavish has brought to every stop this past season? How can you not be excited? Really? Right, back to the game. Back to the game itself because we still got to talk about that. So, yeah, the Sea Dogs scored two more goals. Nathan Stales, a bad turnover. Another goal right after that. Two quick goals again made it 4-1. to one. Then another great shift by McTavish where he stole a puck, got a quality chance for Jorian Donovan. Okay, that pass, he kind of had... That's where he, that's where he had the puck on a string. That's where he dangled the pass and did a little bit of fake towards the St. John defenseman and pass it to Donovan to get a good quality shot off. All right, that's fine. Third period. Third period's underway. McTavish off the post again. This was on another power play for Hamilton and another post. You realize that's three posts just in the Memorial Cup tournament alone? Three posts. He could have had three more goals. And he said, F this, F this crap. I'm doing it myself. And he freaking near did it near the blue line, dangled, faked a shot, brought the puck back to the back of a stick and just launched it. And that, and that went top bar behind. It went towards the back bar behind the goal. So it went back bar and out very quickly. And on the ice, it was counted as a no goal. And I even said, off the post again. Yeah, no, no, that one was a good goal. That one was good. So he had one post and he had one off the back bar. He could have had a hat trick again. Yes, I I know what I'm saying. He could have had a hat trick again. He had the one goal last game. He had the two goals the previous game. He could have had a hat trick, but that's how it goes sometimes. That one counted. Mason McTavish 
with a rocket from the blue line. That was the second of the game. That made it 5-3 St. John with about five minutes left. So he really tried to will his team back. But an empty netter occurred. 6-3 was your final score. And the St. John Sea Dogs are the winners of the Memorial Cup out at St. John, New Brunswick. Wow. Heck of an effort by Hamilton. They did everything they could. Mason McTavish literally did everything he could. I mean everything that he could to will his team to victory. And it just wasn't enough. It was a valiant. It was more than a valiant effort from Mason McTavish. We should be proud of him. Ducks fans, Hamilton fans, y'all should be proud of him for the effort he put forth. And you know what? Got to give a shout out to the fans at Hamilton because the following day, the fans in Hamilton, they're they're having a parade. They're having a little get together and good for Mason McTavish. He deserves it. He earned that. Oh, at least he got to hoist the OHL championship trophy. So he made it to the final game. He played all the games. He did the best he could. So got to give my props to McTavish just on the tournament. We're going to talk a little bit more about Mason McTavish after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And already the lines for next season Stanley Cup are up. Bet Online has you covered with all the latest props, odds, and lines, more of those than ever before. So use your mobile device or use your laptop to head over to Bet Online right now. And once again, Bet Online is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Let's keep talking about Mason McTavish. Let's keep going with this. I'm going to keep pumping him up as much as possible just because I I personally think he could be one of the best franchise players for the Ducks. So far, the development has gone as planned, and he even played a game or played some games in Anaheim. So let's look back on the season that was for Mason McTavish because this is a long one. You ready for this? Last year, Mason McTavish gets drafted with the third overall pick by the Anaheim Ducks. Mason McTavish coming from Switzerland, coming from the Peterborough Pizza of the OHL, and comes into the league looking really good. He looked fantastic during the rookie workouts. He looked great in the rookie camp out in Arizona, that little rookie tournament they had last summer in Arizona. He showed up for that tournament as well, looked very good. Then he made the Anaheim Ducks team outright. He made it to the opening night roster. Opening night, what does he do? He scores a goal. That's right. Mason McTavish becomes one of the youngest goal scorers in Anaheim Ducks history and one of the few players to do it on his first game. Mason McTavish showed up right away. In nine games, he he scored two goals and one assist for three points, looking very good so far in Anaheim. I thought... I thought he could have played more, but I understand why they only played him nine games in order to keep his junior status, because that's the max amount of games you could play before stuff in the contract starts. So, yeah, all, all that all that mumbly jumbly gobbledygook. Yeah, 
That's why he could only play nine games. And I understood that, and I was completely fine with it. So then he goes on to the OHL. Then he gets injured. Oh, boy. So McTavish gets hurt. He's out for a little bit. He has a rehab start, but he's already played nine games. So because of the weird rule last season where there was no juniors and he was able to recover and recuperate, he could do it with the AHL. So there was a weird rule just for the last couple seasons only where he was able to recuperate with the AHL team. That's exactly what happened as Mason McTavish played at Tucson, scored a goal, and scored an assist. So in three games, he scored two points for the San Diego goals. Looked pretty dominant in a couple of those games. So right away, he goes back to the OHL after that little stint in the AHL. He goes back to Peterborough, then he goes to Hamilton, but not before going to the Olympics. Yes, Mason McTavish was named to the Canadian Olympic team, mainly mainly as the result of NHL players were not allowed to play in the Olympics. Now, remember for a while that we thought that NHL players were going to play in the Olympics. Remember back eight months ago when we thought, okay, hmm, there's going to be an Olympic break. That's what we thought was going to happen. Then COVID struck once again. Games got canceled. NHL players no longer allowed to play in the Olympics. The exception with McTavish is that he still has a junior contract and he is still under the rights of the Hamilton Bulldogs at the time because he didn't start his ELC yet. So... McTavish plays in the Olympics, scores a point in the Olympics. Canada doesn't make it all the way to the gold medal, but you know what? That was a weird Olympics anyway. So McTavish does play for Canada. Then he goes back to Canada to continue his role with the Hamilton Bulldogs, and he just explodes. 24 games with the Bulldogs in the regular season, 40 points, 14 goals. Dude is lighting it up, especially towards the end of the season where he just seems to get better and better. Then the playoffs began. Four-game sweep, four-game sweep, four-game sweep. The Hamilton Bulldogs are 12-0, heading into the OHL Championship Series, and this was a hard-fought series. McTavish scored in nearly every game in the playoffs. They eventually won the title in seven games. A hard-fought seven-game series, mind you. Yeah, McTavish looked pretty gassed at the end of that. But he hoisted the OHL trophy. Yeah. 29 points in 19 games in the playoffs. Oh, but he wasn't done yet. Then he goes to St. John, plays in the Memorial Cup, and scores a whopping 8 points in the Memorial Cup, including 6 goals in 5 games. So overall, just overall, this season... And I'm going to do some quick math here. I actually didn't do the math yet because I didn't bother to do the math. I'll admit that. But Mason McTavish played almost a whole season just with so many games and so many teams. Anaheim, San Diego, Peterborough, Hamilton, Hamilton. The list goes on and on. This dude was well-traveled. And on this, I'm not going to count the Olympics because Olympics are kind of its own animal. I'm just going to count every game aside from the Olympics. Overall... He has played in 46 games between juniors 
NHL, AHL. So 46 games. We're good so far? All right. In those 46 games, he scored a total of, and I'm doing the quick math in my head here. So let's see, it's nine. <laughs> I can do this. Oh, by the way, we're not even counting playoffs. So I got to count those as well. That means it's 65. 65? Are you for real? Whew. He's played 65 games in North America just this year alone. He scored six in the Memorial Cup, 16 in the playoffs, 14. So that's 36 goals. 45 goals in 65 games. That's a lot. He scored nearly, nearly 100 points. Maybe not that many, but think about the journey that McTavish has gone on this season alone. He's ready. He is ready for the National Hockey League. The progression of his game, as I mentioned time and time again, it has gotten better. The puck handling has gotten better. If you can believe that, the puck handling was already great and it's gotten better. The awareness has gotten better. His game is so ready for the National Hockey League right now. And I cannot stress enough how much his defense has improved over the last nine months. On all aspects of his game... He has made improvements left and right. His stride has even gotten better. His stamina has gotten better. This guy is built. All right. He is 6'1, 207. He's probably up to 6'1, 210. He is built. He can take a hit. He can give hits. He's ready. He's ready. And I would even go so far as to say that he could possibly be the second line center on opening night. If he continues this trajectory, if he works hard this summer, he can possibly be a 2C come next season. We're going to head to the second intermission, but let me remind you that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, among others. We'll be back. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And if I sound a little bit different, yeah, I do sound a little bit different. So typically I record the third segment the following day or I need to re-record in case something becomes old news or in case something happens. In this case, I ended up, well, let's just say that I happened to be incapacitated, unable to get the episode up yesterday if you saw the twitter i was out so this episode will now be a friday show and instead of continuing talking about mason mctavish and other stuff i wanted to bring up something that came up on the news that i wanted to address as far as the western conference but before we get to that this episode is brought to you by built bar which is the best tasting protein bar ever please visit built.com and check out all the latest built puffs built go built boost and the original Built Bar. You could do so at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right. Uh, just to let you guys know, I am fine. I'm just recording this very short final segment, and then we'll be done with the week. There will be no show on Monday for the holiday, so we will be back on Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday with a new podcast. And before you know it, the draft will be here. It's next Thursday, so it's coming up in six days. 
So the last thing that I wanted to mention for the week is the Los Angeles Kings. Now, why do I want to mention the LA Kings? This is a Ducks podcast. The reason I'm bringing this up is because the Kings made a pretty big move. They took a big swing, and I think they did pretty well with this. They traded with the Minnesota Wild. This is basically a sign-in trade where the Kings got the rights to sign him. In exchange, the Kings gave up their first-round pick in this year's NHL draft. And University of Minnesota captain Brock Faber. Faber was just named the captain along with Ducks prospect Jackson Lacombe. So congrats to Jackson on being one of the captains for U of of M this coming season. Cool to see. Brock Faber was named the captain. An hour later is when the trade went down. So I'm wondering if the Kings might have used that bit of news. They waited until that tweet went out where they said, hey, look at that, Kings prospect. And like, oh, wait, look, he's the captain of University of Minnesota. And I'm sure the Wild saw that thinking, wow, we'd love to have that. We would love to have him on our side. I mean, think of the story. He's from the University of Minnesota, a prospect of the Minnesota Wild. He's a Minnesota pro, like he's a Minnesota kid through and through. So why not go for it? Why not go for this deal? And A, it would free up some cap space for the Minnesota Wild, which they successfully did. They freed up cap space. And the Kings do have some cap space. And they said, hey, why not, right? So they took that swing, and there you go. Now, Brock Faber was born in Minnesota. In fact, he was born in Maple Grove, Minnesota. So like I said, he's been there pretty much all his life. He played juniors in Minnesota. He played the U.S. Nationals. He developed in Minnesota. He's playing at U of M, and he is probably going to play with the Minnesota Wild. Maybe make a stop first with the Iowa Wild just for a few games just to get his feet wet. But, yeah, I could see him doing fairly well with the Minnesota Wild later on down the line. As for the Kings, they took a swing. Kevin Fiala is one of the more dynamic wingers in the league, and there had been a lot of rumors about Kevin Fiala. I mentioned his name last week when it came to possible trades. And the Kings, that was a good deal for the Kings because Kevin Fiala did get signed by the Kings, and it wasn't as much as I thought he was going to get. He did get a long-term contract, and it is not worth $9 million, as I thought it was going to be. In fact, Kevin Fiala... He's getting paid under $8 million. Mm. Yeah, you heard that right. It is going to be $7.875 million for this coming season. It is a seven-year contract worth just north of $55 million for the LA Kings. So that's actually not a bad deal for the Kings. Kevin Fiala is entering his prime. He's only 25 years old. Now, keep in mind that he did have the arbitration filing and all that stuff. I thought he could have gotten more. I thought he could have gotten eight easy. Easy. And the Kings wound up getting him for seven years under eight. Could this be a steal for the Kings? Could this be one of those contracts that says the rebuild is over? It it very well could be. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Both the Kings and Ducks entered this rebuild at about the same time. They both started 
floundering around the same time. And former GM Bob Murray was really reluctant to start this full-blown rebuild. He called it a retool. And he tried to do whatever he could to keep this Ducks team afloat, to keep them relevant. Yes, they made the Western Conference Finals in 2017. He thought he could take them back to that point in 2018. It didn't happen. He thought they could make the playoffs in 2019. That didn't happen. So he kept trying to tinker around and tried to do something to keep him relevant. And that did not work. As for the LA Kings, they went, you know what? Let's blow it up now. We'll do a full-blown rebuild. We know we're going to suck. We know it's going to be tough times. It's going to be terrible. Let's just embrace the rebuild right now and keep going. And you know what? They're ahead on the rebuild. It's accelerated. Yeah, they got Phil Deneau. They got Victor Arvidsson. Now they got Kevin Fiala. Add to that, you got Adrian Kempe, who's right there. You got Kopitar, who's right there. You've got a very good core group of guys right there that are going to be there for a long time for the Los Angeles Kings. And if you're a Kings fan, you've got to be excited. If you're a Ducks fan, you've got to be pissed. Because Anaheim could have started this rebuild before, and they didn't. They just didn't. And now look what the Kings have for the next five years. Fiala, Deneau, Arvidsson, Iafalo, Kopitar. Yeah, it, it's got to be frustrating. It's just got to be absolutely frustrating for Ducks fans. The only thing that's not frustrating is they do have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of prospects. Not all the prospects are ready yet, but they're getting there. The frustrating thing is that they could be further along and they're not. And this is where it's important for Pat Verbeek to kind of look at this and go, okay, it's my move next. What do I do now? The Ducks have prospects. They have draft picks. They have assets. They have the cap space. So what do you do with it? What do you do with the cap space? So what do you do with all that money that you have to spend this offseason? Because you're $20 million from the cap floor, so you have to spend that money anyway. So let's see what the Ducks do. This is going to be a very interesting offseason for Anaheim. All right, that's going to do it for this week of shows. Once again, no show on Monday. We will be back on Tuesday. We'll have four shows next week, including the NHL draft that is taking place next Thursday and Friday in Montreal. Once again, thank you for thank you for your continued support. It is so appreciated. And thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Go ahead and make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. And hey, you know what? We'll be back next week, as I mentioned. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm JD Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Please be safe out there this holiday weekend. Please be kind to one another and Ducks fly together. <laughs>